0: Today on Media Download. From Montclair State University and WMSC FM, the latest on technology. Digital privacy is a concern. Streaming is king. It's trending now. And media issues. Let's start with the presidential campaign. The frontrunner is firmly in the lead in every national poll. What's
1: the press's responsibility?
0: I will not give him the credit he probably sought prior to this horrific and cowardly act.
1: And top business headline news it's online streaming versus Hollywood curated by your host Meryl
0: Brown hello and welcome to media download I'm Meryl Brown director of the School of Communication and Media at Montclair State University joining me today is Arnon Mishkin Arnon is director of the Fox News election decision team which makes him the key decision maker in calling races uh, on November eighth, and in other elections, of course, as well, uh, Arnon has a long uh, media and strategy consulting career. He was a partner in the Mitchell Madison Group, a um, one a consulting firm, and also. Uh, a senior executive, a partner at the Boston Consulting Group. He's also been political analyst and editor of NBC News, has a long career in editorial uh, matters and in polling, and is one of the voices about uh, polling that is most familiar to people who follow such things. Arnon, welcome. Thank you very much, Merrill. Good to be here. Uh, great to have you. Um, so this is an interesting moment in terms of uh Polling leading up to the election—we're two weeks uh, from election day. How do you read the the gap in the polls, if, if you will, uh, the gap between a 12-point lead in one major poll to a toss-up in another?
1: It's very interesting, and I've actually never seen an election I think which had such a wide disparity between polls that I think are generally speaking reputable. Um, you have on the one hand the IBD poll. That shows Clinton today with a one point lead. Um, it shows a 42 41% race between her and Donald Trump. And you also, on the other hand, have the ABC News tracking poll, which has a 50 38% race with Hillary Clinton up by 12 points. I've never seen a disparity that wide in terms of the margin. Uh, one of the things I do find very interesting about it is if you look more closely at the poll, the ABC number for Trump is 38% and for the ibd number for trump is forty one percent a difference of only three percentage points on the other hand the um number for hillary clinton in the ibd poll is 42 percent and in the abc poll is 50 percent more of an eight percent eight eight point difference between the two can, uh, between the two polls to me that could be indicative of the fact that hillary clinton um, that, uh, for Donald Trump, there, it's a case of that you're either for Donald Trump or you're not. There's no one wavering on the fence about Donald Trump. On the other hand, I think I suspect there is a possibility that there are a lot of people wavering on the fence about Hillary Clinton. And one of the things you could be seeing in these polls is, an, is evidence of that, that depending on how the question is asked or, or what have you, um, someone who might say they're undecided is more likely to say, no, I'll actually probably vote for Hillary in the end.
0: And you have said, I believe, that that is potentially uh, Trump's um, only path to at least uh, making the race closer and perhaps even winning. That independence on the fence may be tempted to move that way under certain circumstances. Elaborate on that, please. Well, I think what you have in this race is you have two candidates who are viewed fairly poxically.
1: I think in in the Fox News poll, two-thirds of Americans believe that Donald Trump did not have the temperament to be president. And on the other hand, over half of Americans had either an unfavorable view of Hillary Clinton and over half of Americans thought she was untrustworthy. Um, so both candidates are viewed fairly negatively. At the same time, I think that the high number of people on the, uh, who think that Donald Trump is, um, doesn't have the temperament to be president suggests that many Americans, if forced to choose, you're the only vote that counts, who do you think should be president? Um, You must choose between these two um, candidates, both of whom you don't like. Uh, I think more Americans might be inclined to to pick Hillary Clinton as the person that they would reluctantly choose to put in the White House. Now, how does that play out in the coming weeks? Um, I think you have a conventional wisdom that is almost assuredly um, unanimous in saying Hillary Clinton is likely to win. Well, if you know Hillary Clinton's going to win, you're no longer going to think that a vote for Donald Trump is a vote to put the guy in the White House, and I really don't want him anywhere near the nuclear codes. If Donald Trump can convince Americans that a vote for Donald Trump is a vote against the status quo, a vote to stick it in the eye in the establishment, regardless of win or lose, and um, then it's possible that he could do a lot better than people think today.
0: And where might that scenario play itself out in terms of Contested states where that margin is so thin that that mindset could take over.
1: Uh, where that plays uh, potentially plays out is is in states where like North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, maybe even Pennsylvania, and certainly Ohio, where which are states that he must win in order to um, uh, in order to get 270 electoral votes as well as states that those are states where I believe there is a substantial body of the electorate, um, and I'm thinking particularly here of white voters, who for whatever reason are dissatisfied with what's been going on in Washington for the last um, eight years or even more, and feel that they have lost out and feel that Donald Trump is potentially a vehicle to change that. It's 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 a voter frustration.
0: One of the things that I think a lot of people find puzzling as they look at the polls is the average of the polls looks like it's about 5%, which makes the race relatively close. It's just a couple of points off the margin of error. But at the same time, the, there are other uh, prognosticators who say the likelihood of a Hillary Clinton win over Donald Trump is 85 or 90%. Explain that um, contradiction, if you will. I think it is a contradiction, and I think that the
1: media is kind of missing the story because I think the reality is that the average of the polls is probably pretty close to accurate, and right now he is only about five points behind Clinton. Um, At the same time, the consistency of all those numbers and the fact that her advantage appears to be playing out not just in uh, battleground states that she must win, but also in lean Republican states, that he must win to even get competitive, and that that's the reason why many people think he, she is a certain winner. Um, I think she is a likely winner. I don't think she's a certain winner. I think those models that rely solely on the polling and, and, and are not looking at some other dynamics that could change between now and Election Day um, are potentially over-optimistic or over, overly pessimistic, depending on your view of what the outcome of the election
0: is going to be. So, if you were crafting that uh, percentage rate of likelihood, where would you put it at?
1: Uh, I I still think Hillary Clinton is advantaged. I you know I, I see the models are now showing her about 93% of likely of winning. I, I don't think I think Trump has more than a seven percent seven percent chance of winning. I would put his chances of winning at more like 20 percent, maybe even twenty five percent.
0: And that is considerably different than every single one of the prognosticators who uses that tool, correct?
1: Uh, that's right. Um, but I mean, that's when I look at a candidate who is, five, if, if these polls are accurate, that he's only five points behind, I think it's wrong to say he only has a 7% chance of winning.
0: You have also said, uh, at least uh, fairly recently, I assume you still believe it, that there's a high likelihood of a long night November 8th before we have a winner uh, in the There's a potential team?
1: for a long night because, again, I, I think there is a potential that because everyone believes Hillary Clinton is going to win this election— that the turnout for the the democratic turnout the clinton turnout particularly the reluctant clinton turnout the people who don't like her but can't stand him and don't want him anywhere near the white house the chance that those people may not turn out in the numbers that she needs in order to win very very decisively. And I think that what that could mean is that the race is a little closer than the polls are saying.
0: So as we sit down, uh, Arnon, with our um, sparkling water and potato chips on uh, election night, it's about 8 o'clock, things start happening. What should we be looking for in the early hours that would suggest a long night?
1: Uh, What I would be looking at in the 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock time slots are Indiana Trump must win, is likely to win Indiana. Pence, his running mate, is from Indiana. It's one of the first states to close. Is that too, Is that an easy call for Donald Trump, or does that take a little longer? Um, I would also look at North Carolina again, an early poll close. Um, Georgia, an early poll close. Are those um, light? I and mean, those are must-win states for Donald Trump. If those races are close and Hillary Clinton is not winning them, it's, uh, then it's possible we're looking at a long night. If she wins them fairly early, then I think it's time to maybe put something harder in your in your uh, drink because it won't be as long a night.
0: Well, that might suggest caffeine, but um, we'll uh, we'll discuss that <laughs> offline, I guess. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, Arden, in, in, the, in the same same uh, same spirit of, of the the talk that goes on in the, in the early evening, one of the things that goes on that you and I know in the media business is people like you get access to exit polls and sit on them for some period of time until polls in various places have closed. Tell us what the dynamic of that is and isn't this a year when that exit poll embargo in the context of social media might be more fragile than ever?
1: Uh, that will be an interesting t- test. Um, as you, um, as, what happens is, all the networks pay for a single um, exit poll operation, exit poll and vote counting operation, um, and we are allowed to send two or three representatives to a, uh, a, a an undisclosed location where we sit and are able to look at the exit poll results from 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. Um, and it's in. Under strict control, we have to turn over our cell phones. We have to disconnect our Internet from our our computers. We're only allowed to use these, uh, look at their screens on their computers. In fact, when we need to go to the restroom, we're accompanied to the restroom to make sure that we're not leaking that information until 5 p.m. Starting at 5 p.m., we get released from this quarantine room, and at that point, the exit poll data will undoubtedly leak, Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. But each of the networks has made a pledge in front of Congress back in 2000 when there was an investigation about the the early call in Florida, uh, for first for Al Gore and then for George Bush. Uh, Each of the networks made a pledge that they would not um, call an election or characterize the likely winner of an election of a state until all the polls in that state were scheduled to close. And we, until now, that um, embargo has been observed. Um, it'll be interesting to see that in the days with, with social media, whether or not that's changed. Um, also, it'll be interesting to see if WikiLeaks is able to get a hold of stuff.
0: Uh, interesting. That's a, should be very interesting. Again, in the social media and Twitter context, uh, are in no conversation about. Um, An election uh, can take place without talking about Ohio, and no conversation about an election with you can take place without recalling what happened with you in Ohio just a few years ago when there was a debate uh, live on Fox with Megyn Kelly and Karl Rove, and Rove was insisting Ohio was in play, and Megyn Kelly famously wandered out of the studio down the hall into the basement where you were located, and you said what to Megyn Kelly when she asked you about Ohio?
1: I said we were 99.95 percent certain that um, Barack Obama had beaten Mark Mitt Romney in Ohio. Um, we based that on looking at uh, results of polls throughout the, uh, of, of actual vote throughout the state. And what we'd seen is that the parts of the state where Republicans are strong had, were basically 90 percent reported. The parts of the state where Democrats were strong had only reported about 50 percent. And it, those reports suggested that even despite that disparity in the reporting, they were the two were neck and neck, and so we knew all the vote that was still to come was from parts of the state where Obama was going to get his most biggest majorities.
0: And so, uh, ironically, a, a Republican, this uh, this Republican candidate, Donald Trump, appears likely to win Ohio and lose the um, the election, which is um, which is a quirk in uh, this year's. Uh, circumstance, isn't it?
1: The, absolutely. I mean, you know what they say about Ohio is no Republican has ever been elected to the White House without winning Ohio. At the same time, many Republicans have won Ohio and lost the presidency. Um, and it does look, if the conventional wisdom is correct, that that's what's going to happen this year. Um, what's what's the reason Ohio is so unique is originally there was a Senate race between uh, Rob Portman, the incumbent Republican, against Ted Strickland, the former governor. Who was supposed to be very very close. Portman has run possibly the most uh, outstanding incumbent race for Senate this year of anyone this year. He's 15 points ahead of a candidate who was supposed to be running neck and neck with him. So basically Donald Trump is relying on the Portman um, coattails and the Portman organization, and that may pull him over the top in Ohio.
0: Um, Arnon, this is a year in which I guess because of the um, the loud voice of Donald Trump, there's more and more complaining about polling and poster uh... pollsters than i remember in recent elections you p- probably pay a lot of attention to this since you're a polling guru what do you make of all the complaining going on about the idea of polls even well you know that is a a, uh,
1: a risk that all pollsters run against you're always going to be criticized and and after the fact, people figure out whether or not you were right um, so I, I am fine with all candidates saying whatever it is they want. Um, I think that you know, four years ago there was all this talk that the polls were skewed um, in favor of Obama. It turned out, if anything, the polls were skewed against Obama because Obama did better on Election Day than the polls were predicting he would do. Um, And this year, Trump is also making a big thing that the polls are rigged, etc. I mean, this is part of what he's saying in his campaign. It's it's consistent with his campaign theme, I think, which is that he represents people for whom the system is rigged against. Uh, That said, um, I do not think the polls are skewed against him. I think the polls are fairly accurate. Um, The one thing I will hand him or say is that Much of Trump's support, particularly the surprising elements, the new elements of that Republican support, comes from people who are sort of at the lower end of the socioeconomic scale, Uh, the people who believe that they've sort of lost out in the American dream, particularly white people who feel that they've lost out in the American dream. Those people, people at the lower end of the socioeconomic scale, tend to be harder to reach in telephone-based surveys than uh, people at a higher end of the socioeconomic scale. So maybe there's one or two points of uh, sort of um, underestimate of the Trump vote. I don't think there's that much.
0: Arnon, uh, thanks for joining us. Your uh, your wisdom, as always, uh, rises to the surface. And uh, to our listeners, if you're scrolling around the TV dial on election night or before, uh, you stumble onto Fox and you see Arnon Mishkin on set, you can bet you'll get the wisest assessment of polls anywhere. Thanks again, Arnon. Thank you very much, Merrill. If you'd like more information about this episode of Media Download, you can email us at gmwmscradio.com at or call us at 973 655 3135. I'm Merrill Brown. Thanks for listening.